I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for 95ers podcast. Today I am joined by another very special guest, Mr. Danny. Um, Danny, how are you today, mate? I'm fantastic, Andrew. My absolute pleasure for having me on. No, my pleasure's all mine, mate. Um, what have you been up to today, Danny? How's everything been going for you so far this week? It's been going all right. I think I'm getting used to the lockdown now. I have a kind of routine in place. Um, I work kind of from home anyway, so it hasn't gone in the way too much. But yeah, I'm kind of getting, getting used to it in some ways. Now, I won't say I'm enjoying it, but I'm beginning to anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just becoming normal now, isn't it? Like, it's just, what can you do that's, that's, you're just trying to make it part of your everyday life. I think I've just kind of accepted it now, to be honest, <laughs> and, and that's that. Yeah, because it's like it, realistically, it's either that or just completely fall off the wagon. Like I realized, like there was a point. Maybe everyone's gone through this. So like at least a week of my lockdown was spent kind of spiraling. I had to kind of step in and say, Jesus, if I don't like stop here, the next you know indefinite amount of time. Because I'm just thinking, like you know, as soon as we go back to normality, right? Like let's just say there is another outbreak in six months winter time, we go straight back into lockdown. So if I can kind of get control of these habits now what's going to happen to me long term. Yeah, 100%. I think there's a lot of questions still to be answered. Um, but before we get into things today, if anyone, um, if you're listening, could leave a, a review and subscribe to the podcast, that would be massively helpful. Also, for anyone who would like a completely free online seven-day workout course and customized meal plan, click the links in the show notes below or the description below in the YouTube video, and you'll be able to stick in your email and I'll get one across. Um, and now we'll get that out of the road. Let's kind of get into today's topic. So again, we'll just kind of talk through general training, nutrition advice that Danny's worked for a lot of people. So um, we're just going to kind of talk through, through what kind of tactics and things we're using just now, how we can help you get through this period as well. Um, as, a, as a nine to five, or maybe working from home and things like that. Some of the best things you can do training wise, nutrition wise, to stay on track. Um, so Danny, let's kind of talk more. Let's talk, talk firstly more about the training side. What does your kind of training look at the moment? How have you adapted your training to the situation that's going on just now? Yeah, it's a good question because I have access to no equipment. I just have a one of them red, my protein resistance bands, which as far as I'm wearing, it goes up to like 10, 15 kilos of resistance, even at 10. So like I'm in a position where I've, I normally power lift. So I'm in a position nice. now where I'm completely, yeah, completely gone away from, you know, all weights and fully into, into, into body weight stuff. What I've found to work really well is a mixture of really heavy isometrics with lighter kind of um just i guess you know 12 to 15 rep sets afterwards working out a bit bit of tempo so like i know 
because I, I always get messages from people. It's like, you know, or anyone who comes on to work with me now, it's kind of like, oh, you won't have me doing them, them, them uh, doors with them rows with the doors with the bed sheets and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, we don't have to do that. But what I do really like at the moment is a lot of heavy isometrics. So like, for example, you know, even when it comes to uh, like a squat, I've seen this one. I have, have you know Coach Eugene Theo? I have not, no. Oh, so he's, he's really, like, really fantastic at all this stuff, and he has a nice background in, like, kind of exercise physiology. But he breaks it down so that the average person can take the information. Yeah. What he does is he does kind of, like, these, these mid-range tell, like, squat isometrics where you literally stand on the tail and pull it as hard as you can and drive into the floor. And then he pairs that with kind of some, some like, isometric, um, some kind of, like, he has heel, heel elevated um goblet squats with like oh, yeah. weights or whatever you can get yeah, and yeah. what that what that kind of helps with is is kind of like taking your muscle look you can't if you can't get into uh if you don't have heavy resistance what yeah. you do is if you have your maximum voluntary contraction you're gonna get the most of the stimulus from that muscle right yeah 100 percent. one of the ways that i've been doing similar style is by doing time sets so maybe do like a two minute time under tension set for example where for example, press ups. I'm failing three, four times in the space of that two minutes. And if you are looking to put on a bit of muscle mass, if you're looking to maintain what you've built, at least, which everyone should want to do, um, at least because it's hard, it's fucking hard to put on muscle. Um, as I'm sure me, me and Danny both started out in skinny yeah. end. We both know about that. Um, you obviously want to do everything you can to maintain what you've built, to maintain mm-hmm. the foundation you've built, and even progress a little. So doing things like heavy isometrics where you're taking it to that failure point just because you don't have the load. Mm. Just being creative, I think, has been very, very useful. Yeah, and I think as well, like you touched on it there, like if you're used to pushing to near failure and now you're completely, you're saying, oh, it's not even worth it because I do 10, 15 push-ups, I can do 50 more. You need to find a way to get yourself to, to near failure. Otherwise, you really aren't stimulating enough muscle fibers. And as Andrew said, it's already difficult enough to build muscle. Right now, it's even more difficult, I'd argue, because of the lack of resistance, right? So with that being said, if you aren't going to failure or near failure, it's something that you really should implement whatever way you can. Yeah, 100%. It's just about getting creative. I mean, you can grab the bag of sugar, you can grab something, grab something heavy. Um, grab the missus, throw over your shoulder, do a few squats. I, I actually did that the other day. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend. She wasn't too happy. <laughs> well, that's it, mate. We're having to get very creative, as you said. Um, but do you mind, actually, let's kind of touch on that before we move on, actually. Do you mind telling us a bit about your own transition through training, Danny, how you put on a lot of muscle and things like that? I know you started similar to me. We, myself and Danny had talked in a live um, a couple of weeks back there, and we were both similar stories, starting out very small, skinny, um, with not a lot of muscle. So, for the, obviously, people listening back long term, what did your training look like to start with and how did you manage to build that foundation? Yeah, I, so I got into kind of the gym through, I used to play soccer, football, and I played football at a decent level. And for my whole life, I was a goalkeeper, very tall, skinny. It made sense for me to be a keeper. I just fit the build. But when it came to things like as we got older and like simple things, you know, as a keeper, just coming out for corners and stuff like that and being really commanding, I always felt I was, I was never physical enough. So we set in strength and conditioning with, with, with uh, my team. I really, really enjoyed that. Then I got into the gym. Um, and then when I got into the gym, at this time I was like, you know, six foot tall and 135 pounds. So like what, 62 kilos or something. Yeah. So I looked like a, a pencil basically. Um, and with that, I just, you know. Was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and with that, you know, I just kind of 
would go in. I, I remember I do, I, all I do is uh, I go on the treadmill for 10 minutes. So I was like 16, 17 at the time. And then I go over to the mats in the corner and get into a, a split squat position and just do uh, concentration curls. That's all I do. And I did like, no joke. I had no idea what I was doing. And we had decent strength and conditioning coaches. And I did that. And I was like, oh, cool. Obviously, I just need to do this stuff. Didn't touch my legs. This is like one thing if you are trying to build muscle. And most guys do this. I know when they're younger, they just do not train their legs at all. Um, so then with that, I kind of look, I kind of got my wits about me then maybe towards the age of 18, 19. And I decided that I wanted, when I went into uni, I wanted to do physio because I wanted to eventually be able to work with a sports team in some capacity. So I went in and then with that, obviously I got my background into exercise science and exercise physiology. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't just be doing curls in the corner. So then, you know, I started implementing a lot of simplistic stuff really. And you probably say this all the time as well, some heavy compound movements. I also got a little bit of, you know, background into nutrition then. We did biochemistry and stuff like that. And then I kind of started to see results. And I got up to, you know, maybe 170 at the time or whatever it was. Um, and then what I saw, my biggest shift was that I actually decided to pull away from physio and just become a full-time personal trainer. I went into my course. And then after that, I got into the position where, you know, I put on maybe an extra 15, 20 pounds. I think 190 was the, the highest I got up to a bit fluffy at that weight, I may say. And um, realistically, that just came from, you know, learning the, the fundamentals. I moved into powerlifting, basing my whole lifting style around simple progressive overload. You know, I trained three, four days a week, no more. You know, again, like if anyone listens to this and you're working, you're busy nine to five, like you don't have to spend hours in the gym when it comes to lifting weights. I spent no more than 45 minutes, three, four times a week with some nice programming just had me focusing on getting stronger in the compound lifts. And then once I finished when I left home from the gym, all I needed to do was make sure that I was eating enough food to kind of sustain that muscle growth. And that kind of, kind of got me to where I am now. hundred percent. Right. That, that's something I push so often, you know, um, people that are under the impression you need to slog away for seven, eight hours a week in the gym and it puts off anyone starting. But as you said, the, the correct, the, the the with it with effective programming with the right you know, the, with the right plan in place and just simply focusing and getting better getting mm. getting better yeah. over time like the most basic powerful tool i think you can use for muscle bones recording your weights recording your workouts so true like a diary <laughs> like a, yeah. or a log like whether it be on your phone or whatever yeah i mean it doesn't um, need to be fancy at like it can be a bit of pen and paper it can be yeah. on your phone we've all got custom apps and things that that track my clients workouts mm. and stuff now but at the end of the day you don't need all of that you literally mm. need a pen and paper and consistently executing on something yeah and that's a great point you touched on there like you know it doesn't need to be fancy i remember my whole like i guess like time in the gym up until the age of maybe you know 19 because i was in the gym for the age of like 16 um 22 now and the biggest thing i realized was that like i was constantly searching for something you know i was like nah, i can't be that simple or I was like, no, I got to try this exercise or this or that. And like, fortunately, I wouldn't say unfortunately, it is it is that simple in some ways. Yeah. I think one of the the things that I, I, you know, kind of stumbled upon and maybe, you know, some of you guys listening have this issue is just there's too much information out there. And a lot of it is just awful. Um, and also, like, and I, I always say this one, particularly when it comes to fitness, if something sounds too good to be true, you know, it probably is, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there is no magic pill. Like, it just doesn't exist. 
it baffles my mind. So this was a conversation I had with someone. Now, he asked me, he says, what supplements do I need to buy? This is someone I, yeah, I yeah. didn't work with um, who just followed me on Instagram. I was going back and followed the message, and I said, well, how's your nutrition and training? Do you follow a set structure with that, first and foremost? He says, no. I says, well, that's the first one. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, how much are you going to spend on your your supplements? He's like, I don't know, maybe 70, 80 pounds. I was like, ah, give that to me or give that to a, <laughs> give that to a coach who can write your program. But you know, it doesn't need to be basic. You don't need big, you know, massive one-on-one um, coaching, to, especially if you're just starting out. Again, I think it is helpful, but mm-hmm. I would rather someone spend. 40 to 50 pounds on a reasonably well-structured click and buy program than going and spending it on protein cookies and uh, what was the other thing he said? It's protein cookies and something. It was protein mm. cookies and something else. And like that. that has I mean, yeah. no impact in anything you're doing if you're not doing it. There has to be a stimulus in the first place. You know, the right mm. stimulus, which is the mm. training. And then, then the, the adaptions occur with... with, with yeah, and, and it's... It's funny you talk about like kind of protein cookies and stuff like that and supplements because literally earlier I recorded a video about protein bars and the fact that just because it says protein on it, people automatically think, you know, it's good for you or that it's, you know, it's some way going to help in any way. It's like, no, like particularly use of the protein cookie. I'd rather my clients have an actual cookie and maybe a protein shake save themselves because it would be cheaper in the long run and pretty much the same caloric value as a, and a higher quality of protein at that as well. Like this is something a lot of people don't realize the quality of protein in them bars is abysmal. And for a lot of people I know, I'm being one of them, I cannot digest them at all. I like so bloated after them and my stomach is always in bits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's the, 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 the magic pill, as you said, you know, it just doesn't exist. The closest thing you get to a magic pill is, is, is hiring someone who knows what they're doing. They're going to help shortcut that success. But again, just being aware that you do not need these things that they that they are just there's some smart marketing and things like that out there. Um, I'll often mm. get questions: what supplements do I need? What protein bars the best? And it's it's so much more basic than that, as you know. Um, again, I, I view them as tools merely. You know, sometimes they may plug the gap um, between meals or something. But as you said, a basic way of protein is a great place to start. And you got me bag off yeah. my my protein for twenty quid. You know. <laughs> And it's not are there any expensive. are there any like awful supplements you bought like back in the day or during your journey that you like were sold because i remember even like i, I, did, I, I think go on. i bought an unflavored whey protein once oh no it was horrendous <laughs> like yeah. it was like licking plasterboard or something i don't know <laughs> so sharp and nasty oh, mm. i can still taste it I, I, and you know i drank it and finished it oh Oh, no, I remember, like, when I was, like, I was, like, kind of a similar position to you when I was, like, 17, 18. It's very weird, like, I think young men, men are tired a lot as well. Um, but even at that, I just think men in general, like, we just, they pride their, don't get around to do it to women as well, but they pride their insecurities of not being masculine enough or man enough. And one of the things I bought was, like, do you remember Rich Piana's Mutant Mass? Yeah. Back in the day, this massive tub, which is bigger than me at the time, weighed more than me at the time. I paid like 40, 50 euro for it and oh, it was awful. It was what, what, the worst way. Like a basking thing, yeah. I, remember, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it. Had a radio, it had a radioactive symbol on it. The thing probably was radioactive. It was yeah. awful. <laughs> Not the best. It just have been dextrose. That's all it would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
But Robbie yourself, did, was, was there any other other ones outside of that? that you, that, or, well, let's let's kind of segue into this. That would, would probably be helpful. Is there any supplements and things that people ask about or that people ask you about often that you would you know completely avoid against t- taking or anything along those lines that you often get questions about? That you would say, listen, just forget that. Yeah, I think for the most part, you know, whenever someone asks for a supplement, they always like ask me about supplements. I just think that's the the missing piece. Yeah. And what I always say, first things first, is like as you touched on there, it, well, it's not. You know, I always say like, how is your training and nutrition? How's your sleep? How's your stress in life? Um, how's your hydration? All the simple things, right? But when yeah. it comes to it, like you know, the one I get asked about most is apart from just a protein powder, it would be creatine and BCAs. Now, if I'm to recommend anything to anybody for the most part, it probably would be creatine. And I do take creatine myself. Um, But at that, even at that, if you aren't training, there are people that come to me that aren't training and they're asking about supplements. I'm like, look, when it comes to it, you can get a protein supplement, go for a batch tested, very simplistic brand, like my protein bulk powder, something like that. That's cheap, cheerful, and it will help you hit your protein intake. I'd rather you spend on that uh, than like, as we talked about earlier, like the protein cookies and the protein bars and stuff like that. Um, and on top of that, fat burners, do not touch fat burners. Yeah. Like, please do not touch fat burners. Um, like we could talk about that for so long, but like to make a, a long story short, it is a complete waste of money and time. On I top of that, I, go on. I think that the, 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 the important thing to think about is, when someone comes to you or when you are approaching, when you're thinking about buying a supplement, when you're thinking about approaching someone to ask about supplement, firstly ask, what problem do you think it's going to solve? Yeah. You know, what is it you're trying to achieve by actually buying this? If you're trying to burn fat by buying a fat burner, it's not going to happen. If you're eating too much, mm-hmm. you forget it. Fat burners may suppress your appetite a little, give you a caffeine boost, but that's yeah. about it. You know, it's, they're not going to strip fat off you. Um, and you know, I had done a photo shoot recently, never used any, so um, it's not it's not like you need them um, for yeah. sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you have to ask yourself the important question: is what, what problem can I? What problem am I trying to solve with this first? Yeah, and then like, why? Like, can I not just achieve that by changing a factor that I can easily control? Yeah. The answer is always going to be yes. Another one I get asked about is BCAAs. I think for the most part, people do not need them at all. Yeah. I used to take them because I enjoyed the taste of them and I could afford them. But if I'm saying, are there any massive benefits to them? No. If you're getting enough protein in your day, I, I wouldn't see whether it'd be any benefit for a lot of these things as well. Um, so like my kind of go-to with supplements is just like, as Andrew said perfectly there, what problem are you trying to solve? And can you solve that problem without buying a supplement? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, like you said, creatine, it's it's almost impossible to get out from your, from your diet, but yeah, creatine yeah. is so inexpensive and so effective for most yeah. that, like, it, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend it to anyone. Like, you can literally get a, a kilogram for about a 10. Yeah, like 5, 10, yeah. Yeah, and, like, if, particularly, like, if there's any vegans or vegetarians listening to this, like, I was vegetarian for four and a half. Actually, that's something, yeah, because I was vegetarian for four and a half Really? Years How did you find that? Um... It was I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, but it got to the stage where convenience or lack of convenience made me switch back. Um, I was eating because I was eating a very whole food plant based diet. Yeah. You know, I was pretty much vegan for those years. The only thing I would have is like I'm I'm half Italian. I could not go without my cheese and my pasta, like or something like that. You know, or maybe yogurt every now and then. 
but I just had to eat so much food and I'm not in any way, I think it could be a great option for people. Um, but I had to eat so much food that I got so many digestive issues. Um, it was just came from the amount of fiber I was eating. I was eating over hundred grams of fiber a day yeah. most days. So it's a lot of food to be eating. Right. Um, what was the initial, other than that, initial stimulus for or the initial thought process behind switching to the vegetarian diet? I think it was an, eth- like if I bought it down, it was an ethical one. Um, as well as kind of a challenge because you know i went from a place of you know do you have chip like chip shops in in scotland yeah like i used to yeah <laughs> i used to live i used to live over a chipper so like you know all the like most of the italians that are in ireland own chippers my dad owned a chipper i used to live over that as a kid like i was a re- i went through a really weird phase my, like when i was a young kid i was really really chubby but then i kind of got really really skinny um, after we left the shipper, it kind of coincided that way. I wasn't eating. So I used to eat probably like I'd say when I was even like 13 years of age, up to a kilo of meat every single day. So for, yes, a kilo, which is crazy. Like I'd have a half pounder, like a burger every single day, as well as a chicken wrap, as well as like bolognese, but every day, every day. Um, Cause I used to train for soccer, like, you know, yeah. six times a week. We trained a lot, but that one of the reasons for transitioning for me was also the challenge of, Oh, I eat so much meat. Like, and I know like I shouldn't be eating this much. I don't need to eat this much. And let me go the other way. Um, so it was a bit of ethical and a, and a bit of kind of a challenge to myself as well. Yeah. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I like that. <laughs> how does your nutrition look now? What's been the, how's it been kind of adapted, especially during lockdown and things? What's been kind of happening lately with nutrition as, and obviously, well, let's tie that in first to be your main goals for training. You're just trying to maintain what you've built at the moment. And then how are you applying that to the nutrition side? I think a lot of people will be like me in this position. Look, I was, I was powerlifting. So I was, and I was, yeah, you know, to keep I, was, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was prepping for, you know, a meet or two this year. So within 12 weeks and 24 weeks, I think the, the second one I was hoping to peak higher for was in like September, October. Have you done that before? Have, this would have been. My first and second meet, I had two lined up. You know, I'd done mock meets in my gym, but I haven't done a proper meet. Did you see, um, um, did you see uh, Eddie Hall and Thor Bjornsson? Going into a boxing match. Going into a boxing match for next year. I don't know how many rounds it will last just due to the lack of cardio. Actually, to be fair, like those guys uh, have underrated cardio. They're strong, man. They're I mean, beasts. It's a year and a half away, so they've got plenty of time to train for that. Be yeah, they're like something <laughs> that's something I'll pay for. But the height difference, Eddie Hall's I think like six foot, and, and uh, Thor Warren's what's he like six six ten? Yeah, he's a, he's a big boy. <laughs> he's a big boy. Do you ever see his misses? So if if yes. you've seen this, she's yes. like five foot two, he's I think. Tiny. Did she? Yeah. Pregnant? She's pregnant just now as well. How, how that works, I don't know. <laughs> she's pregnant with the hill. Tell um, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but where were we so yeah the training so like first meeting things like that coming up this year yeah yeah so you know for me i've had to completely switch my goals right i no longer yeah. can get can get go anywhere near any weights um i was tempted to buy but like with that you know the shipping times and every weight every ever is sold out right and it would be such an investment as well yeah you're talking so and for what you're looking for <laughs> yeah and i have like I, like there's no space in the house to put them so you know i'd have to load them up outside every day so with that me right now it's completely gone to a position of yeah kind of back to kind of calisthenics based all my there say like bodybuilding or just general upkeep i do some like crossfit i like doing crossfit from time to time 
Um, I like doing a mixture of just kind of always just powerlifting. And then when I'm not powerlifting uh, or the days I have off, I'll just do like Metcons. So it's oh. a mixture of just like high, high, like really high intensity strength work. And then just some Metcons just for the condition aspect of it. Because when I first started powerlifting, I completely neglected moving in general. And I, all I could do is just press squat yeah. and, and deadlift. And uh, yeah. I was walking around like, you yeah. know, I couldn't I mean, even that, move. That comes with its own issues. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, the people who look, a lot of people that had this conversation with um, Adam Schaefer, who yeah. the host of Mind Pump, he was, I think he's actually on the podcast episode that I'm listening today. Um, there's, there's, there's more ways to progress your training than just in the bodybuilding yeah. sense of just getting bigger. Now, I'm fortunate enough that I've managed to wangle a set a setup before things really kind of got worse. Um, I managed to see, see it coming and things, but at the end of the day, I've started including some more yoga and things like that, some more mobility work, progressing these different areas. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, so there's more than one way to progress your training, you know. Maybe you focus the next couple of weeks if you're losing your motivation on being a bit more mobile. And then when you go back to training, you go back to your powerlifting, you're going to be in a much better place with a better foundation to progress. Yeah, that's a simple one. If you like even increase the range of motion available at a joint, you can technically put more load to that joint, then more control. You could then down the line lead to better results in terms of muscle growth. It's a very simple one. And particularly like if you work an office job and you're constantly sitting down throughout your whole day right now, like yeah. getting active and doing some form of mobility work or active movement. I think one big thing that will be coming up for a lot of people at the moment is the dining room table. Like sitting at the dining room table on it working from home that's going to be an issue for a lot of people at the moment back problems neck problems things like that so doing some sort of mobility work getting yourself up maybe every on the hour for five minutes walk um outside breathe walk it's nice um you know even just some quick mobility work out the back door or something whatever you know (laughs) anything Um, and i i always just recommend as well like look if you're sitting for so many hours a day just even take one or two of them hours to switch to a standing desk yeah like that has so many benefits not not just from the look at the end of the day most pain from a postural standpoint just comes from lack of movement not necessarily the position right but on top of that if you're looking at knee and knee being a really big component of your of your TDE, your your energy expenditure, just standing for an extra few hours a day can help you burn a few hundred extra calories, and you won't necessarily notice that, particularly if you're active. And think about it as well: your brain's going to be more active because you have to control your balance. That's really? your dynamic balance, right? So there's going to be so many benefits just to simply standing. I know it sounds stupid, but you know it can really it can really really add up. Yeah, fully agree, and it is such small small steps like that. Even maybe just switching to something where you can, you know, stand up with the laptop for a wee bit or whatever, you know, just just get maybe creative in that sense, as opposed to being hunched over at a dining room table all day is going to really make a difference. Um, but how? let's kind of tie it back into what you're doing at the moment, Danny, and what you would recommend for anyone in a similar situation. Obviously, you've changed your goals to more mobility work, doing some more body exercise. How have you tied in the nutrition changes and things like that to suit what's going on just now as well? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, realistically right now, I think I think the same, I'd give this advice to anybody. It's just to really rely on kind of staple meals um, because right, I think when you have a stimulus of going to the gym, that's almost a psychological tri- trigger, I think anyways, for um, having a good meal beforehand and a good meal afterwards and almost having that day being a really nutritious day. I always find that myself, if I don't go to the gym or don't work out, I normally just eat worse on that day. It's almost this feeling of after you go to the gym, you're like, I want to fuel my body with nutrients. It's almost like a feeling I get 
I think a lot of people are similar. So the kind of biggest thing I've done just done now is simplify everything. Um, meal prep has helped a lot because when you're just in the house and there's yeah. nothing in the fridge and you don't have the food prep, the first thing you want to do is run to the phone, pick it up, get a pizza, you know, get a takeaway, whatever it is. Um, not that I don't have them, I still do, but I know for a fact if I didn't have that structure, I would literally be doing that all the time. So it is just kind of having a staple, very simplistic, just having 20 to 40 grams of protein per meal, some veggies, some carbs, keep it simple. And don't get me wrong, that sounds boring, but there's thousands of combinations you can have with that. And every oh, meal you'll ever eat will just be a, a mixture of that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's literally unlimited. The amount. You just need to get creative. And the, the, there is a YouTube channel linked below, which has got a playlist full of, God knows how many different recipes of the, the, the kind of things that Danny's talking about there. Um, just keeping it simple. And again, one thing I have really been hammering home to my clients and doing myself as a meal prep still. Um, I yeah. might not be going to my work at the moment, but still the meal prep, just having those meals there, knowing that I've got that structure in place daily has made a massive difference. And it stops you from... It maybe doesn't stop the wandering hands... Um, and and but and, and they snack covered and things like that, but it certainly cuts them down. Um, so just kind of prepping mm. your meals and stuff, doing taking some basic steps to do so. I think really beforehand, but whatever suitable time for the week for you is going to be the most basic and easiest thing you can do. Yeah, and one of the biggest things I've been doing now as well, like not not that I don't do this anyways, but I've really been emphasising is just making sure to start your day with some protein. Because not only will that help you get ahead on your protein intake for the day, particularly when it comes to losing fat or building muscle, which I'm assuming you guys want to do one of those two things, if not both, will help. Also help keep you satiated for longer as well. Um, particularly when you're just going from your kitchen to your dining table, which are probably right beside each other, and you just have something that's just gone like that's very high, that's high glycemic, that's just gonna quickly boost your insulin levels, get you energy, get you into a state of kind of um being energetic and then you'll have this crash where you just want to go get more food to kind of fulfill that just having a nice balanced breakfast will really help with that as well yeah what, what's a couple of your favorite options day that we can um the listeners can yeah. have action here so i for myself passively i don't yeah if so if if you if you if you're to have a, a kind of a carb source if you take the protein added to that it will blunt the kind of spike in, in the insulin that comes with that so it's not that i avoid carbs uh, and I will have them. My favorite personally is to go for a, a skier or a Greek yogurt with some granola. So it's still a high carb, but the pro taking the protein kind of blunts the effects of the, uh, the insulinogenic effects of the carbs, right? Which means for you, you won't have the crash. Now, what I recommend for someone who's really just wanting to satiate themselves is to have a higher fat or moderate fat, higher protein, which could be eggs and, and something along those lines. And then some oats or something like that. Um, but personally for me, I really, really am a fan of um, particularly because I'm not trying to lose weight right now, it would be granola and um, some skier. But if you're trying to kind of keep your appetite in check and keep your calories in check, I'd go for some form of oats. Um, you can make an oat bowl, like a snooty bowl with that almost, or you can just have some proats, protein oats. Uh, I never, those names where you put protein in the front of things, this never makes sense to me. Yeah. Protein oats and some eggs is what I go for. And th there's so many ways to do, like actually make that sound appealing because it doesn't, maybe it doesn't sound appealing to you, but I know for a fact, even if you have a sweet suit, having some protein out is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like, again, just get creative. You know, and there's a million different ways you can recipes and things you can use on YouTube or Instagram, whatever. And if you are really looking to, maybe if you're, for example, a nine to five or you're sitting at a desk, you don't want that crash early in the morning, maybe you're someone who trains a bit later in the day, 
and this is how I would suggest starting your day. Firstly, get yourself up and out a walk. Get yourself energised in the morning, nice and hydrated. Next, protein and fat-based breakfast, or as Danny says, at least a protein-heavy breakfast. Yes. It's going to help prevent that insulin spike, prevent that crash in the morning, and then you're going to end up in a cycle of up and down all day if you start your breakfast. Some Even something people often say, oh, I'll start my day well, I have my pita bits and things like that, you know, and listen, that is just a refined carb. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like, maybe, but it's maybe viewed as healthier than co- Cocoa Pops, but at the end of the day, your body process isn't the exact same manner. Um, so getting some sort of form of protein source in there, for example, um, the Greek yogurts and things like that, some eggs. I really like um, chicken hex sausages with bacon medallions. That's one of my favourite ones. Um, mm-hmm. People, I'll put that into somebody's meal plan. Like, oh, what is this? <laughs> I get to eat, you know, sausage and bacon. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, listen, it's, it's just, it's, just a, it's a reasonable choice, you know. There, there are leaner, healthier options out there, you know. It's just about finding the right ones and having the direction to go and get them. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, as you said, um, kind of, I also recommend for some people if they, you know, I don't think, and I always say this, it has no inherent benefits, but for some people right now, maybe some form of intermittent fasting could work. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to I think beneficial myself, to be honest. Yeah. Personally, it's not something I do, but I I see the massive benefit and as I have been recommending to my clients as well, fully agree where you're going with this year. Yeah, and, and like, look, simplistically, if you don't know what that is, it's essentially when you're short in your feeding window. So most people, when they get up, they eat first thing in the morning or close to. Now, I'm someone who's never really had a morning appetite. I actually forced myself to, forced in the past, make myself eat in the morning because I always, you know, have to gorge to put on weight. Um, but now I just kind of habitually eat in the morning. But normally people, when they get up, let's say you get up at 7, you go to bed at 10. Most people will eat from 7 to 10, which is, what, 15 hours. Now, intermittent fasting, you essentially shorten that feeding window. Now, theoretically what happens is you will get to eat bigger meals which will help you feel more full you just put off your first meal or you can have your last meal uh, earlier in the day most people tend to put off the first meal and the most common approach is like a 16-8 so you fast for 16 hours and you eat for eight uh, eat for eight so you go in for like what let's say 1 p.m to 9 p.m i can only eat between then but that doesn't mean you know you can't have you know coffee or whatever before that and technically it doesn't have to be a true fast. You can still have like, you know, some minuscule amount of calories before that. Um, but what it does do, as you know, you said there, it can really help people who struggle to just kind of control the calories, get them into a position where they feel like they're eating more, they're more satisfied. And if they can just push through that small hurdle in the morning, maybe fill up with some work and some coffee yeah. to kind of almost distract themselves, they will kind of then, you know, get to eat a lot more food in that window. Yeah, I think it comes very much down to just understanding your situation and when you're hungry, when you're hungry and things. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people, so let's say, for example, you're trying to stay leaner, you're trying to lose a bit of body fat even at the moment, and this will apply to anyone beyond the length of the lockdown, so don't think this is specifically tied yeah, into yeah. this. But if you're on a fat loss phase and you're maybe finding that you're not hungry in the morning, it's okay to skip breakfast. Like, it's fine. You're not going to yeah. shut up and die. So... What you want to think about when you're in a fat loss phase um, is how can you adhere to that plan? How can you create that calorie deficit in the easiest manner possible? If you're finding that you're hungry at night all the time, but you're never hungry in the morning and you're having five, 600 calories by 10, 11 o'clock, even though you're not hungry, you could be moving those calories to the evening times. 
where you're less like you're more likely to be tempted to go into the snack cupboards and things. I mean, say for example, let's take the example of you have an omelette for breakfast. If you had an omelette after your dinner, maybe seven, eight o'clock at night as a snack, I guarantee you'd feel more satiated and you'd probably be um, a lot more adherent to your diet if you skipped it in the morning and sw- swapped um, swapped the evening times if you were never hungry in the morning in the first place. So therefore, mm. overall for the day, you know, you're, you're eating less food. And that's that that's that's the kind of concept we're trying to get at here, is how can you set it up best for your day? Now, personally, I, funnily enough, do the opposite. So I train first thing. So I got up, I got up at 4.30. I'm going to an early riser. I'll eat and then train and then go to work and stuff. And the majority of my calories I have in the first part of the day. But because I still do my nine-to-five job, not at the moment, right enough. And then what I was doing is coming home and working on my business all night so I could focus more on the business and have less time spent in and out the kitchen or doing transitions. I would essentially not eat from maybe 5 p.m. through to the next morning when I was on my cutting phase and things like that when I was doing my photo shoot. So that was me setting up to my lifestyle and what suited me best, knowing that if I could hammer through work in the evening, I wouldn't really think about food. I was fine. I would just have some water or a diet just or something and I was good to go. Again, you just should do you and whatever you're, is going to allow you to stick to that diet, pardon me, the best. Yeah, on top of that, because that's interesting because you went through the shoot, right? What kind of like, what do you think helps as well? Um, like in terms of like, did you use anything like a lot of caffeine, like staying hydrated, having a lot of protein? What helps it keep you stay full? Because I, I assume you're on a, like a, a low amount of calories towards the end, right? Yeah, I mean, I was in less than a thousand calories at the end of the shoot um, and doing an hour of cardio a day in five, five weight sessions a week. Um, <laughs> Nail that with 45 hours in a nine to five job, a business and building a house. Um, there wasn't much energy left. St. <laughs> um, Andrew. I was, I was fucking busy, I'll tell you that. Um, but at the end, it's just one more thing. Just fucking get it done. Like, get the blinders yeah. and get it done. Um, for things, keeping focus, keeping it. Caffeine content was up. I was having a couple of coffees a day. Now, see, to be honest, it wasn't anything overly bad. Now, I will always have a pre-workout, whether it be stimulant or non-stimulant. But the stimulant, I was maybe a once, once or twice a week, I limit that to. Um, the other times I'm just taking it for a pump to and maybe increase the nitrogen yeah. oxide production things like that so and maybe some of the days I was feeling a bit lower or energy levels were down I would maybe have a pre-workout in the morning and a couple of coffees throughout the day so caffeine con- consumption was slightly higher but focusing on more higher volume foods having more veggies, things like that water intake really really high um, mine's perpetually over 5-6 litres anyway so really maintaining that um, going to the toilet every two minutes because you, cause you <laughs> um, it's not so bad. You got about body fat, and you, there's, there's places, places, lean for the water to go. Yeah, <laughs> you, when you're leaning, you've got six liters of water, and you're literally going to the toilet twice an hour. Um, but a couple of things just like, increased caffeine content, more veggie focused, um, and hydration, you know. Yeah, and that's also, as you said, like that's not just going to help you throughout the lockdown, right? That's going to help throughout. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, the, the, these are these are principles that are going to apply for the rest of time. <laughs> you know, um, for anyone listening by it, this might be part of an online course that I put out in the future, probably a bit somewhere in somewhere in an email campaign somewhere. <laughs> um, but 
these these tools do apply across the board, and it's just about utilizing things to suit you and your lifestyle. You get results in fitness, whether it be fat loss, muscle building, by creating a process that you enjoy and can stick to, and being consistent. So true. That's that's yeah. that. I mean, that is that is ultimately it. There's there's no magic pills. There's no secret potions. There's no tips and tricks. There's steroids, but I don't have much experience with them. Um, <laughs> if you really want to speed things up, to be honest, but you know, outside of that, literally find something you enjoy. Find a process you enjoy, a diet you can stick to, and focus and get better over time. That's that. Yeah, and that's like something I always say as well. Like, there's a lot of people come to me that think there isn't something for them. Like, the beautiful thing about we'll call it fitness as a global term is there, there will always be something for you. And I always say like, you should you should look to fit your fitness around your life and not your life around your fitness. 100%. Because as you said, their adherence and enjoyment um, is the the biggest factor in long term results. If you're doing something you hate every single day it doesn't have to be that way to get to your outcome. You can always change the process. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a time and a, there's a time and a place for that where you're stepping into a workout that's fucking hard. Like, just got to do it. You're doing, maybe you're in a fat loss phase and you're, that is one of those lower calories where you're eating a thousand calories, you've got to do an hour of cardio. And, but that's when you're pushing the boundaries. I'm not doing that just now. I'm not eating mm-hmm. a thousand calories today. I probably had a thousand calories for lunch. For breakfast, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's different phases. I think there is obviously merit in doing so. hundred percent believe that. Um, but it should be an enjoyable process the majority of the time, working towards some longer term goal that you really want to, you know, just enjoy and embrace. Like if you can build this into your lifestyle, make it a part of it, rather than feeling like it's a chore, then you're going to be in such a better position. Mm-hmm. On top of that as well, I think it's a misconception that, I, you know, a lot, for a lot of women that come to me as well, they feel like they have to go in and they have to just, you know, smash the weights or the other way around where they come in and they just think, I have to spend hours on a treadmill. Yeah. It's always kind of a fine line between the two, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, see, for the majority, that this is a it's not a blanket statement, but it's very general. For the majority of people who are looking to get leaner, fitter, healthier, more confident, a bit more energy. That's going to be the people, the majority of people listen to this. Average people like me, like you, who go to work in nine to five jobs, if you simply focus on a couple of things like this, do these simple action steps and you weigh Mm -hmm. 90% of the way there. Three to four intense workouts a week, whether it be Mm -hmm. weight training, maybe some more intense cardio, you do need some form of intensity, but for that, I would start with maybe three, four, 45 minute to 60 minute weight sessions. Focusing more slightly uh, a protein, a more protein-based diet, mm-hmm. filled up, fill it in with some veggies and some some reasonably good food sources, and you'll be good to go. You know that that's a starting point for most people. It doesn't need to be majorly complex. All these different diets and things like that, just basic, basic foundational things. You've, you've, everyone's heard a million times. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And the only thing I'd add to that then as well is like, obviously we're coaches, so we see the value in coaching. If you struggle with accountability, like do not be afraid to hire a coach. Like if your goals mean that much to you, you know, a coach I mean, is always uh, going to be well, working. We've both got a coach and, yeah. and probably the same one. Is Wade coaching you at the moment? Yeah. Yep, there you go. So even even the two fitness professionals doing the interview coaches. And
Forest. Yep. 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 I don't. I don't. If people don't see the value in coaching, I always say like, or they they think maybe they're too too not good for it, but no enough. I'm like, well, does Messi have a coach? Does Ronaldo have a coach? Multiple coaches. Yeah. Every area, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the more the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. You spend that. You spend that on a you know a night out easily. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So first things first, I'm gonna like we'll start with a nutrition tip. I think you need to be eating enough. I'll give, I'll give four training tips, tips after this, right? Because I've struggled with this, and so so is Andrew in the past. Is making sure that you're eating enough calories, and no matter how many times you tell yourself I'm eating enough, if you aren't like with your weights, and I'll this will be point two as well, consistently tracking and measuring, and then seeing, okay, look, I ate this many this many calories this week, and my weight was this amount this week. And if you can see the discrepancy between the two and you aren't seeing one go up or one go down and you don't know what to change, you're constantly going to be playing a guessing game and you're wasting so much time. I'm sure Andrew has the same thing there. I wasted so much time thinking I was eating enough where I just wasn't at all. Um, number two, which goes into that, is make sure that you're tracking your weights. Have a little diary. I have a notebook that I have around me all the time. I put everything up with my weights as well, my weight session. And I just write down every single week, whether you're adding one rep, whether you're taking 15 seconds less rest, find a way to progressively overload over time. Um, number three, kind of nutrition as well. Make sure you're eating enough protein. 
don't get me wrong, most people who are in the gym or into the fitness space know they have to eat more protein, but make sure you're getting enough. Now, what is enough? I think for most people, about 0.8 grams per pound of body weight is a nice place to start, and you can go up if you're looking to, to lose weight or whatever it is, depending on how much protein you can handle. Um, on top of that, number four, make sure you're sleeping enough, quantity and quality. I think quality is more important than quantity, so what that means, sleep in a dark room, hopefully a screen-free room, slightly cool. If you want to invest in some Blu-ray, uh, blue light blocking glasses, I have a pair at home. I don't have the crazy goggles that are like skiing goggles, but I have a pair. Um, and like something like uh, if you guys have, you know, a desktop in front of you during the day towards even time, download an app, uh, f.lux, F. flux. It just changes the shift of the light, makes it dimmer. It will get your body naturally producing melatonin and help you sleep better. And then finally, I'd say stick to a plan that you can enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. It's not worth your time. I'd rather people be in some ways, you know, in a shape, almost in a position that wouldn't be like, they're not, they're not in shape, but happy. Then people will be constantly going to the gym and looking at themselves and feeling miserable. So your enjoyment comes between over everything else but there's no reason why you can't balance the two and get into a position that you're happy with your body and also happy with the process yeah so i'll keep it simple uh on instagram i'm at physiotrician which is a mixture of physiotherapy and nutrition so physiotrician pop the two together and yeah we'll just go from there and then that's that's the best place to find me but andrew pleasure for having me on i really enjoyed it You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs>